This podcast is brought to you by Sage Hill, a social impact organization. Our mission is to help people be who they're made to be so that they can do what they're made to do. Find more resources to live fully, love deeply, and lead well at sagehillresources.com. Hi, this is Stephen James, Executive Director of Sage Hill Counseling. I'm uh, Chip Dodd and I sit down today to talk about the interweaving of the past and present and future, and maybe the possibility that we're all um, made to live in all three of those, but it's our feelings that call us into the present and to, in order to embrace all of those. Um, if you want to know more about Sage Hill, go to sagehillcounseling.com. Um, lots of resources there to help you. And then if you want to find out more about what Chip's doing, uh, please visit chipdodd.com. And I want to remind you that Chip and I have a new book coming out in August on addiction called Hope in the Age of Addiction. It's a really important book that that is a lot of uh, the thinking, uh, interweaving what's new in neuroscience and addiction treatment and and what the stuff that Chip's been working on for 30, 40 years now in some ways about addiction recovery and the power of the spiritual root system in that. So if you want to go ahead and pre-order that on Amazon, it's Hope in the Age of Addiction by Chip Dodd and Stephen James. Uh, enjoy this conversation with Chip and I. Hey, Chip. Hey, Stephen. Hey, how you doing? Hey, I'm good. How are you doing today? Uh, <laughs> doing well, thank you. We're we're doing podcasts through Zoom. Podcasts through the Zoomophere. Yeah. And the interwebs. Yes. And I'm quickly learning. I used to be pretty technolo- technologically savvy, and I, I just lost it. I'm losing my ability to do technology. What do you mean? Because that, 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 as... that renders me absolutely hopeless. Please. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I feel inept at it. Like it's just changed, and I used to be able to like cook stuff up and do stuff and make things work, and it's not as easy for me anymore. Like I don't know if the technology's changed or I've changed or not changed with it or something. Yeah, I, I think I, I think I need to get a Tesla. Yeah, that will that will help. I think you need to get a Tesla too, or yeah, I, I'm not gonna get a Tesla, but I want one. Tesla Tesla fixes lots of things. It does, doesn't it? Yes, it it will. It's, it, I think you could go a cheaper route, just eat an apple pie, a whole one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, amen to that. Yeah. Hey, uh, I, I've been working on this idea that I would, this is kind of like us just on the fly talking about something new, a new idea I have. It's okay. probably not new. There's probably somebody who listens to this and sends an email saying, oh, you're talking about X, Y, Z, you know, yeah. but it, it's, but it's kind of cool that you thought of it, you know, without, well, somebody, you know. Yeah. So I've been thinking that, that we, we as people have, a natural orientation to one of three things of like yeah. making sense of the world, right? That, that we're either past oriented, present oriented or future oriented. Right. Yeah. That, uh, and I definitely think I'm future oriented, you know? Yeah. Um, and, so been, and I think I know some people who are real present oriented and I know some people. I know, I know, I know a couple people that's super past oriented. Yes. And so like, and there's probably healthy versions of that and impaired versions of that. Like I know for me being present oriented, I'm like, I'm dream and I envision and then I can like fantasize and like make up and 
Yeah. You know, like, and then be anxious too. You could use your orientation to escape. Yes. To dream, to plan, to imagine, and to wreck yourself. (laughs) Yes. Right. Yeah. Like when technology leaves you a little farther behind, you're going to be left out. Yeah. Yeah. So your future orientation can leave you extremely anxious. Yes, it can. And then I know people who are like great historians and like deep learners and analyzers. And they're super historically oriented. Yeah. You know, like they, they're always contextualizing, studying, reflecting, uh, um, like, and they have an orientation to the past, I think, you know, let's talk, let's, let's, and, but, and so the, yeah, go ahead. Let's, let's talk about that, that from two different viewpoints. Okay. Okay. One is let's look at it from the standpoint of self-preservation. <clears throat> and then you know I'm, I'm going to interrupt you first because you know what this reminds me of no because this this reminds me of you and I sitting around a campfire just talking about something like yeah. <laughs> it's kind of fun hey let's do that yeah. I would really I I have not done that with you in a long time I invited you up but you were riding bicycles <laughs> yeah <laughs> yes sir <laughs> old man's out on the bike okay that's awesome so yeah. two two okay so one is what hey, it was uh. You mean bicycle? You mean like a motorcycle? No, you mean bicycle. You mean you like, like bicycles? Uh, high terrain, <laughs> high terrain motors. <laughs> hey, uh, no. bicycle. Let's look at this from the standpoint. If uh, unless you can't tolerate it, <laughs> <laughs> I might not. Yeah, no, exactly. Because you, you're going you're to just jump all over me on it. But uh, what if? What if? Like we look at it from the standpoint of self-preservation. And then from the context of self-conservation. Okay. What I mean is, so let's look at it like self-preservation is, is almost like how to protect myself and self-conservation is, is how to uh, build something worth keeping to conserve, you know, to, to value, to keep, to, to, uh, yeah. Yeah. So I would think certainly somebody who is oriented in the past is a conservationist. But by, by no, 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 no. I'm saying self-conservation. Can we let's save this for the future too. So let's look at the self because people think in duality so much. Let's look at this positive, and negative. I hate to do that, but because both of them have their benefits. Oh, impaired and, and healthy. Yeah, let's call it like a, you know one step removed from being really where you're made to be or something. But self-preservation. Well, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Where you're made to be, and then yeah. being self-protective. Because you said it yourself, like, you know, your future when you start picturing a vision and I've seen you, hey, you know what, we could do this and you, and you start and then you start planning it and then you start implementing it. And then before you know it, we've got sexual training going. Right. And then, you know, you, you, you say, hey, we can pour the spiritual root system chip. You've got this. You bring this. You bring this. And man, this is so great, Steve. I've been wanting to do this so long. Looking at the future. And those structures and, and substances and everything like that. So that's self-conservationist. This is worth doing, worth saving, worth keeping, worth valuing. So you're using, you're, like your future orientation is directly connected to you really being yourself, right? Okay, yes. And then self-preservation when the anxiety kicks in and you go off in the fantasy world because I don't like where I'm living. Okay. Yeah. But like still, New Zealand. Like I dreamed about, I got the whole family convinced we were moving to New Zealand on Saturday. Because New Zealand is like awesome. I've never been there, but I am so already living in New Zealand. 
Well, yeah, it's where Lord of the Rings and everything magical happens. That was filmed there, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah no mass shootings there. Oh, wait a minute. Never mind. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm kidding. So, so, so sometimes you, you do, do self-preservation. The future is a place to get away. Yes. And so, you know what? And so, do you, so do you think about, okay, let's turn that then on like a person who's present-oriented. Well, con- a conservationist like thing. What would that be like about being present? Well, you know what's so cool? It's like, uh, so, and there again, that, that staying in the present says, hey, man, let go, of, let go of what was. Let's live what is. You know, that's like, hey, don't pay attention to what just happened. Forget about it. That's self-preservation. And self-conservation, you know, my, my mother uh, was, was, was one of the gifts that she had was her capacity to actually live in the present. And, and, you know, she really could bring things to where they were. And all of a sudden she'd say, you know, these clouds, this breeze, this summer day, these blackberries, this, these, these, look at the mockingbird, the heron over there. And she could orient us, me, herself, into where she was living right then in terms of letting herself have that experience. And at the same time, she could use the present to avoid tomorrow's coming and yesterday happened and both of them impact us, you know? So, and so there's that self-preservation, but she was a present-oriented human. And then I know, I know some people like, uh, I mean, the past is their pain. And yet the past is the treasure that is full of 10,000 stories to be, to be given over so we can cling to everything valuable that was ancient. So, I mean, I just love, what, I just love that you've, you've been thinking this because some people are oriented more. My mother clearly was more oriented to the present. Yeah. And, and I am, I am, I am, I am, I'm future and past. I think. And you... <laughs> I mean, what what do you think? I mean, you've known me a long time. Uh, man. Really, I think you're past oriented. Okay. I really do. I think I think there's a like your uh like true sense of nostalgia and like in not a bad way, like sentimentality and like sentimentality stuff like that. is not a good word. <laughs> well, okay, I meant it in a good way. Yeah. I mean, uh, sensitivity. Um, uh, yeah, remembering. Um, yeah. Remembering. Like, there's something, like, even, like, you know, I think the stuff that you've built and created and restoring, like, you oh. would rather build something new out of old things because they have a story to them yeah. than build something new, right? Yeah, you know what? And even as you say that, that touches me because even, it's weird. Like, even as you said that, I'm kind of like, you know, kind of settling down going, yeah. And there's pain in it. Yeah. Uh, because yeah. selling into to a building from the past, repurposing what's been pitched or lost or given over, uh, it also has and the people who had it used it are gone or you know, this is thing is going to be forgotten that once was you know what, I, I think you're on to something. <laughs> yeah. True. True. I, th- I think we're made to live in all three. And I think maturity, emotional, spiritual maturity allows us to move through all three. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. But, you know, and then I started thinking like, so if we all have a, a an orientation starting place position in one of those things, uh-huh. then like we're all rooted in either faith 
orientation in the past, hope, orientation in the future, or love, orientation to the present, right? Like there is, there's this movement of kind of how do I make sense of things? Where do I start? And then not only where do I start, but how, where do I need to grow and go? Um, like I'm growing in, like I got the future down, man. I got, I got it. I got dreaming and painting and wondering, and I got all that down. And I'm learning how to just live, even like in small ways, just observe the boundaries other people put in my life or that I've asked to submit to and just stay within them just for a little bit. Right. Like I got there in, in the coronavirus COVID thing. I got a Peloton bike, you know, about the Peloton bikes. Yes. And, <laughs> yeah. And just making you sure. sure you know what a Peloton is. <laughs> yeah. A no. rebounder. It's what yeah. we used to call trampoline. A trampoline. And, and, yeah. and a Peloton is a stationary bike. <laughs> yes, yeah, stationary bike. So I got this stationary bike, and but they have these classes, and the yeah. instructors say like, "Here's where you're supposed to be," and here. And in my past, I would say, "Well, that's the minimum. I've got to be outside of that." And I would be like, "Like, I've got a whole history of like making myself sick and injured doing exercise, right? Because well, it's like do, I've got to." Yeah, I've seen you do it over and over. You put yourself in the hospital with the lung thing. Uh, I know. Or so, yeah. And so this was like, I'm just going to get on this thing and I'm just going to do what this person says for a little bit of time every day. Right. And it's so hard for me not to crank the wheel, not to go hard. And that's like, that's where this idea of like the future orientation, like this, like, oh, but there's this, it could be this, you know? And it's beautiful, but it's also like there's the spiritual discipline of just learning to stay in this one thing for now. You know, as as you say that, as you say that, it it, I believe that the most difficult place to live is in the present. Mm. Like just stay where you are and attend to where you're living. And we are created for the future. And we are created to experience and learn from the past for the future's sake and so on. But I think living where you are is the hardest place there is. And at the same time, as soon as you live where you are, it's already gone. I mean, I get that. But I mean, Lost, yeah. Yeah, Enjoy, taking time yeah. to, and I think the present is, a, is actually a place to experience the gifts of what's around the present meal the present run, the present Peloton ex exercise, the present mockingbird, the present clouds, the present rain, you know, cause this too shall pass. The present will go away, but can we take everything we need related to what we found out beforehand we're going to need and also let that take us into the future. Mm. We, we, we're made to live. So I think the present is the hardest place to stay, but the hardest yeah. place to let ourselves experience. And I think if a person can't do feelings, they can't do it in the present at all. And I think no. that's where the past and the future become self-preservation. In other words, escape, escape hatches to get away from where we are. Do you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I do know. I've spent a lifetime doing that. So I do know. Yeah. 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 That's great, Chip. Well, thanks, man. That was awesome. Hey, thanks. It's good to talk to you. Good to see you. Good to, good to zoom right. with you today. Hopefully I'll, uh, Zoomophobia. I've got Zoomophobia. I got anti. I hate Zoom. Sorry, don't get me started on Zoom. You so like hopefully, Zoom? I'll see you soon. I'm, it, it, I feel my insides working so hard in, in these Zoom calls.
by working so hard. Hey, you know what? I have found myself, as we get off, I have found myself literally leaning up on the screen, leaning up into the screen, trying to get through the screen for that, that, that connection. Yeah, me too. And then when me I, too. It's like, yeah. hey. Yes. <laughs> All right, man. All right, you take Thank care. You. Bye, Stephen. Hey, thanks for listening to Sage Hill's Live Fully podcast with Chip Dodd and Stephen James. For more in-depth learning and uh, growth for yourself, um, please go to chipdodd.com and check out the How to Live podcast, where Chip spends time exploring issues of the heart and what does it mean to uh, live fully and be yourself and give yourself and grow yourself and just be yourself here on earth. This podcast is brought to you by Sage Hill, a social impact organization. Our mission is to help people be who they're made to be so that they can do what they're made to do. Find more resources to live fully, love deeply, and lead well at sagehillresources.com.